Medication errors. They can create unnecessary work, additional costs, and potentially cause harm or death to patients. And think about it, the dispensing of incorrect medication, the wrong dosage strength or dosage form, miscalculating a dose or not identifying drug interactions and contradictions, a lot to go wrong when it comes to the administration of drugs and control drugs in a healthcare setting. What systems and technologies exist to help with all of this? Well, with me today is James Gold from Modius, who are one of Australia's leading suppliers of controlled drug register software. In this discussion, we're talking about the myriad of issues associated with traditional controlled drug administration and how they impact healthcare settings, what you can do as an individual to make a difference within healthcare settings that are traditionally slow to make decisions, and we're going to learn about some of the better options out there to help healthcare professionals manage the burden of controlled drug administration. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. With me today is James Gold from Odius. James leads Modius's business development and account management teams and is also responsible for managing C-level relationships across customers, vendor partners, and jurisdictional health departments. James, mate, how are you going? I'm very well, Peter. How are you? I'm super duper. I'm pumped to have a chat with you <laughs> about this really important issue. But um, yeah. And we've been chatting beforehand about the, the challenges and everything, so we're going to dive into it. But first... Yep. I only gave a little bit of a, a teaser. Tell us a bit more about you and what you do, sir. Sure. First of all, thanks for the intro, Peter, and it's an honor to be on the program. I have listened to many podcasts, so you're doing a great job. Oh, cheers. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, look, I head up growth at Modius. I've worked in healthcare software at Modius for the last nine years. Prior to that, I had various sales and marketing roles, and so I come from a sales and marketing background, but I am focused on healthcare, and really that's my passion, and that's where I'll be for the rest of my life. Um, my father was actually a pharmacist, so I got a good grasp of the pharmacy industry sort of growing up from a young age. And as you mentioned, sort of wear many hats at Modius, leading the account management and the uh, business development teams. And yeah, like a lot of obviously the, the high level relationships, C-suite relationships across the whole industries and we're, we're in multiple industries. So pretty busy man, but I, I really love my job and a lot to do moving forward. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And so, and so the, the place that you're doing that at the moment is, uh, is Modius. Yeah. So yep. talk to me a bit more about, about that and what, and what yeah, happens there. Absolutely. So look, I joined Modius in 2014. Prior to that, believe it or not, it was just Carl Zuffi, who's the CEO. He he started, it's a great story, actually. He started the business just as a hobby. Like my father, his father was also a pharmacist. And he used to, and it, Carl's background is in software development. And Carl's dad used to complain to him about just the volume of work in controlled drug management. He had a methadone program and he used to complain to him. And Carl got together with his father and could see if he could uh, help out in one way to developing a program. And so he got busy in his little uh, home office and wrote a program called MetDA and launched it in 2003. And his dad was the first one to use it and he really loved it. It saved him an enormous amount of time. And uh, he told his pharmacist mates about it. And very soon he had a little side lobby whilst he was working full time 
and that just ticked along. But really, when the, the, the business really took off was in 2010, he developed a product called DD Book, which is an electronic control drug registered, not just for methadone programs, but for the wider Schedule 8 drugs, which is all controlled drugs that pharmacists have an obligation to record traditionally in, in registers. So DD Book essentially allowed pharmacists to migrate from really redundant paper register systems through to electronic program, which integrates with all of the traditional pharmacy software. And it created an enormous buzz in the industry and growth was just phenomenal. Between 2014, when I joined in 2017, we went from 10% market share to 70% market share. So it had enormous growth and that really set us up. And we're now in a number of industries. We've really essentially copied that business model across a number of industries in healthcare. Got it. And so you touched on Schedule 8 drugs and controlled drugs and, you know, that that whole space around the administration of medication and how they're uh, registered and, and what needs to happen in that process. It, it can yeah. be um, quite involved. Talk to me about the current state of it all in terms of managing controlled drugs. For those yep. that aren't totally aware with the process too, yeah. what, what's the current state of, of everything at the moment? Yeah. So that's a very good question, Peter. Look, all healthcare settings that deal with controlled drugs, and just to be clear what controlled drugs are, controlled drugs are the most powerful drugs before, I guess, behind the illegal drugs. So Schedule 8 are ones that are things like morphine, methadone, temgesic, very strong opioids, painkillers, benzodiazepam, th those types of very, very strong drugs. Now they are legal, but they're controlled, which what that means is that when you administer them, transact on them, there is a legal requirement to keep a record or a register of them because there are a lot of issues with these drugs that they're, they're very powerful. And because they're very powerful, there can be issues with addiction and misappropriation and fraud and theft and those sorts of things. So governments all around the world really have these stringent regulations around them. So uh, unlike regular drugs, controlled drugs have that sort of extra level of regulations. And in terms of the industry landscape, traditionally, they have been paper-based. These records, the recording mechanism have, have been the good old-fashioned paper and pen. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're, we're in 2022 now, and it's amazing that a lot of these organizations still use paper and pen. So we were really the trailblazers in Australia, in the industry. There was no company that developed a product to replace paper for controlled drug regulations. We were the first, um, and we are also by far and away the biggest. And so in community pharmacy, we've now really changed that industry. That industry was uh, on paper. Now they are fully on electronic mechanisms for controlled drugs, and it's slowly moving that way in other industries. So we entered the vet industry. 2015. Now we're experiencing enormous growth in that industry, really educating the market that there is a better way. And obviously in, in other industries such as aged care and hospital, which have been traditionally slower to adopt those technologies, the wheel is starting to turn in those industries as well. And we are at other industries, but, but yes, those industries keeping us very, very busy. Yeah. And you know, you talked about existing systems being across different levels of complexity right through to, you know, being paper and pen. We know that implementing any technology in a setting is usually the trickiest part and it can make a lot of logical sense in having a system in place that does a lot of things, but actually 
unplugging one thing and putting a new thing in, it can create a lot of disruption. And that's where a lot of mm. the inertia comes from in healthcare too. Talk to me about implementing some of these technologies and common challenges that you come across. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. Look, you are absolutely correct that change management is an issue. It really depends on the industry though, from our experience in terms of how much of an issue it is. Mm. In retail pharmacy and also into the in the vet industry, we really don't see it as, as much of an issue because generally the product is very easy to, to learn and adopt and you just do a remote demo to the pharmacist owner or, or the veterinary owner and very soon after they see it, the penny drops that, okay, this is way better than paper, what we're using. And then we could just organize a trial. They could sort of download or access the software via a web browser. We offer training and then within a month or two, they're usually up and running. However, in the industries such as aged care and hospital, uh, the way that they're structured, a lot more bureaucracy, many levels of, I guess, management and ownership and, and no real ownership in terms of decision-making. It's, it's very decentralized. Mm. So that can cause a lot of inertia and you've got to go through so many different channels within those organizations to get buy-in. And often the end users who um, are the first ones we usually reach out to they generally love it and they're big advocates, but that's the, the start of the challenge, especially in hospital. There are processes such as business cases and change management. Our hospital product is very complex, unlike mm. the vet product or the pharmacy product. And it also goes into a myriad of areas within the organization, not just pharmacy, but wards and theaters and training up potentially thousands of staff on our product has its own challenges. So we invest very, very heavily in, in training and implementation, and we've got a team that manages that process. And we, you know, we learned along the way that there's a lot that goes into it, but you're right, it is a challenge. But once they take that step, they'll never go back to paper, I can assure you of that. Yeah, no, totally. If you've been kicking around this industry a bit like me, or maybe even you're brand new to digital health, you've probably worked out that health tech is not an individual sport. Whatever you're trying to achieve, whether you're delivering healthcare for patients or you're building health technology, or perhaps you're helping deploy solutions across health systems, you need a tribe, a community of like-minded individuals who just get it that if we're going to transform healthcare, then technology is going to play a huge part in it. So to learn and connect about health tech and level up your game, consider joining our THT Plus membership community. We've got options for every stage of growth, whether you're a solo individual or a startup or scale-up company. As an individual, you get access to our exclusive community forum, you get a warm intro to two other members from me each month, you get free access to our quarterly virtual summits and a bunch of other exclusive goodies. Companies can bring team members into the community, plus you get a presence on our website as a THT Plus member, you can post content like news events and jobs, and of course, we love to showcase our members. So when you join as a company THT Plus member, you'll get to appear on this podcast with your very own episode. This podcast is made possible through the support of our members. It's literally the heart of everything we do. So consider joining as a THT Plus member. You can join anytime online. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash THT Plus. Thinking as you're saying that though, you know, you're across... Um, different adjacent industries across that are similar but different to healthcare that I know within health, just trying to play nice with all the different systems and integrate and everything is a challenge in itself. 
How do you go about that across multiple yeah. industries? There's, there's different systems for aged care, yes. different systems for vets. Like that's that's a that's a mountain in itself. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you're you're a hundred percent right. I mean, luckily, as I said, I've been at the company for nine years, and and it's 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 a slow progress. So we really um, essentially conquered the pharmacy industry sort of in the first few years that I've been at the company, and now it's really just managing a lot of our existing customers. And then over that time, you know, I had to develop relationships with some of the companies such as the, the dispense and inventory systems in pharmacy, such as, you know, Fred and Minfos and Corum and Zed and, and all of these sort of products to reach out to them, to integrate, to make the pharmacist's life easier so that you can eliminate double entry and be more seamless. And really, I've just learned along the way to reach out in the vet industry. Our product integrates with, I think, close to 10 vet practice management software products. And we're launching very soon into the, to the USA and, and also into the UK. And there are others that we're very close to integrating with over there as well. Why do they need 10 practice management systems? <laughs> as, but anyway, as, as an aside, as an aside, <laughs> yeah, you could say the same about health anyway. Yeah. Let's, let's not, <laughs> yeah. can't throw stones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, but we're doing that. We're essentially replicating that in, in aged care and hospital. Mm. And we're even in mining, believe it or not. There's yeah. um, some mining companies that the permit holders there deal with controlled drugs there. So there are industries coming to us we didn't even know about mm. that had the need for our product. <laughs> yeah, totally. Did And, you know, the last couple of years, did the pandemic have uh, an effect on any of this at all? It absolutely did. To what extent, it really depends on the industry. Obviously, in aged care and hospital, those industries were primarily very affected. You know, aged care, everyone knows that, you know, they were dealing with outbreaks and implementing new software is probably the last thing on their mind. We had a, a lot of good momentum in aged care and we had to sort of just pull the brakes on it because we didn't want to annoy these aged care groups and individual facilities whilst they were dealing with outbreaks. But that's coming back now, which is great. Likewise, in hospital, they were dealing with their own issues with actual COVID cases. And so those industries sort of had to just, we just had to put the brakes on those industries. But that being said, we actually got busier in the vet industry. Uh, all the so many people were buying pets, and that oh, they yeah. kept they kept open as essential services. So that industry mm. was very very busy for us. As was pharmacy. We're mm. still growing in pharmacy. You know, we haven't quite captured everyone, but we're still growing. But those industries stayed open, and they got busier. A lot of them. So it was one of these sort of two tiered economy, if you like, yeah. where some industries we were busier, and some industries we had to pull the brakes on. Benefits of the diversified portfolio, I guess. It, that's um, that's exact, really interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I always find it fascinating to think about, you know, working across different industries. You talked about the adoption is less inertia in, in other parts outside of healthcare. Do you f see any anything that, say, healthcare could learn from, say, the vet industry in the, in the space that you're in or age across health or pharmacy and health? Like, are, are mm. there... Do we face some similar challenges and approach them differently or are we all kind of, you know, doing, doing similar things here? Yeah. Look, I think that if I could w wave a magic, um, you know, wand, I would love to be able to get into hospitals and become advocates of our systems in, in terms of how can we reduce the inertia? It really mm. has to come from within those organisations. You have to find champions who are willing to be advocates because, it's very easy in pharmacy and veterinary. You're speaking to the decision maker and the owner, and they get it straight away. Whereas we've dealt with with hospitals, and and they love it, and we still have conversations with them. But we're talking five years, and they still haven't implemented mm. the system. Not that they haven't wanted to, but they've just got internal challenges themselves 
competing priorities, COVID outbreaks, um, IT have different things. But I would say that if hospitals, you know, any hospitals listening, if they have internal employees who are really advocates and really dr- and champions of, of getting this done, of, of change, then it, it can really happen. But, but it has to, that's very, very important. That's one of my learnings is you've got to have people that are really driven to make this happen and get it and really get the benefit of why they need this to, to happen and, and push it internally. Yeah. I agree with you. And I had this discussion recently at a, uh, with somebody at an event where, you know, even within a big public healthcare system, you can kind of count on it, like at least within one state or, or let's say an LHD or local health district or an area health, somewhere where there's a group of hospitals it's not, there, there are so many different stakeholders. The person that's, you know, deciding where the money goes, isn't the one that uses it. And the one that's using it, isn't the one that's, you know, getting the benefit, all that kind of stuff, which creates, yep. you know, all these challenges in healthcare, but you can count probably on one hand, those that are the, the, the ones that stand up and, and actually affect some change or, you know, will internally advocate whether it's for just not even for a particular vendor or, or anyone in particular, but just thinking about innovative ways to do things and and challenge that status quo a little bit, not being annoyingly disruptive, but looking at, well, you know, just because that's the way we do things doesn't mean we always need to do it, if you know what I mean. So mm. I agree with you totally that, mm. you know, within these giant systems, there often are individuals that that do make big change that, you know, the saying about the the little hinges that move big doors. So um, it's about finding those champions. And also for those in the, on the other side that, that, you know, giving them the confidence to be able to, to do that kind of thing too. Yeah. And, and I'll just add to that as well. If you can build a, a, a coalition within the hospital or mm. within the aged care community, it's not just what I learned along the way. It's not just about having a relationship with one person, trying to foster relationships with many who have influence within the organization. So, you know, I deal with directors of pharmacy, but obviously, you know, the clinical areas within hospitals, the clinical teams generally have a little bit more influence and power because there are so many more clinical areas that, than just the pharmacy. And then yeah. there's, you know, other, you know, obviously there's, there's procurement, there's IT, there's the, the CFO. These are all people that, that have an mm. impact on making decisions. So if you can build up that coalition and relationships with those types of people, that will also help. Yeah, right on. What about you, James, looking forward and thinking about Modius, what's on the horizon? Have you got a busy play playbook uh, <laughs> ahead of you? Absolutely. We were actually lucky enough, and I just announced it on LinkedIn this last week, we won a, a major tender for WA Health. So our hospital product is actually going to be launched to all public hospitals across WA. There are also some other big announcements that I can't wait to be telling our customers about. So we're, we're extremely busy in the hospital space. So we're, and personally, hospital is sort of what I'm, I'm doing a lot of and, and to a lesser extent, aged care, but mm. our focus really is continuing to grow the Australian market. And we're really, really well set up for that. But moving forward, we also have another goal, which is international expansion. We've set up partnerships across you know, numerous countries. One that's very exciting is a partnership we've developed with a company called Careflow Medicines Management in the UK. And they are one of the UK's biggest healthcare software providers to the hospital market. And so they will be essentially promoting and selling our hospital product across all of the UK hospitals. And we hope to be making some big announcements there soon as well. So uh, watch this space. And there's even our Medicaid 
platform, which is for paramedics. Also, there's strong interest there in the UK, and we're doing some good things in Canada as well. We've part, we're partnering with one of the biggest healthcare companies in Canada for our retail pharmacy market and our vet product in the USA. We're about to launch that. We've already got some existing customers in, in the USA for our vet product, and it's also highly likely we're going to be partnering with uh, one of Europe's biggest uh, veterinary groups. So there's a lot going on in the how company. Big's the, how big's the team? <laughs> uh, we are 25 at the moment, but we are going to be, yeah, we're, we're going to be- More than that. We're going to <laughs> be need more, more than that. We need more than that, and that's going to happen. Very, we're actually on a mm. recruitment drive at the moment. So whilst we do a lot, with a, a relatively small team, we, we are very busy, uh, but we're at the point now, you know, we, we just need to get busier. You know, we're a profitable company and we like to remain that way. So it's good that we stand on our own two feet without mm. the need for investment or anything like that. So we, we've got our obligation to be around for a very, very long time for our bigger and growing customer base. Yeah. Love it, James. Well, look, uh, and it's great to have you on as THT Plus members as well for Modius. So we'll put the details for Modius in the show notes of this episode. People can check out your directory listing on our website and keep an eye out for those news events and jobs as they are announced as well. Uh, looking forward to watching the progress made and can't wait to have you on the show again to uh, check in in 12 months and see how things are going. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks so much, Peter. Really, uh, it was a pleasure um, being on the show. So well done. And I'll be listening in as I always do. <laughs> Love it, mate. Thank you. No worries. Before you go, just a reminder to jump over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and watch some episodes there. There are podcast episodes, summit sessions, and a bunch of other interesting content on our channel. You can just search Talking Health Tech in the YouTube app or click on the link in the show notes of your podcast player, and it should just take you straight there. Thank you. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit TalkingHealthTech.com.